God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. Good to be back. Good morning. November 26th, 2023. A couple of days after Thanksgiving, the end of the Thanksgiving weekend. It makes sense that the message is going to be be thankful. God has brought us through so much. He has shown himself mighty on our behalf. He has healed. He has delivered. He has set free. He has made provision in our lives. He has drawn us by his spirit. He's redeemed our lives from destruction. He even shows his grace and mercy in the little things. Um, so many times we'll just have something on our heart and ask the Lord about it and then all of a sudden that, that as we read his word there's the answer as we have a conversation with somebody else the question gets answered I was uh, thinking this morning uh, about quite a few years ago now when I was uh, I was talking about when we were in the Ukraine passing out Bibles and and you know people were ripping the Bibles apart to share with one another and I was thinking you know and I had said that morning how would you like to be the person that got the genealogies what does that teach you and and as I was sharing that the genealogies tell us that God knows where we come from God knows our past God knows what it took to bring us to where we are and as I shared that uh, there was a lady visiting that day and and her, her sister and brother-in-law attended at the time. And then later she calls her sister and says, you know, I was just asking God this morning, God, why did you even put the genealogies in there? And then your pastor answered the question. God knows the questions that are on our hearts. He knows the cares that are on our heart. And he shows himself mighty in our lives. Back when... Uh, Pastor Howard said, I'm stepping down. You either take over the church or we're closing the doors. And Deb and I were praying about it. and We're riding around and, and listening to the Christian radio station out of Champlain. And you hear the minister say, you know what God called you to do? Stop goofing off and do it. God answers before we even ask. God has shown himself mighty in so many different ways in my life and in your life. How can we not be thankful? Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. The psalmist wrote this down some 3,000 years ago. It's still absolutely valid right now in my life and your life. God has shown himself faithful. He has been at work in our lives. We need to praise the Lord. We should enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise each and every day. Not just... Well, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so we've got to do it then. Or, or it's this special day, we've got to do it then. 
We should give thanks to God each and every day because each and every day His tender mercies are fresh and new. Each and every day God shows His love to us. As we're breathing air, that's the gift of God. Now granted, we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we stop breathing air, that's also going to be pretty awesome. But while we're here, we have an opportunity to praise God. We have an opportunity to demonstrate to the people around us how wonderful God is. Because He has done so much on our behalf. Proverbs 15, beginning with verse 13, says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. As we thank God, does it show up in our faces? Do we let what God has done in our lives reflect in our countenance? Do we have a merry heart because of what God has done? But a sorrow of the heart... But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And we all know people who have just been overwhelmed and can't see any hope and can't see any light at the end of the tunnel and can't see any way out of their circumstances. And maybe it's been us from time to time. But God is faithful. As we know more and more about the Lord, as we set up those, I call them pillars of testimony, those remembrances of what God has done in our lives as we meditate on how God has been faithful, then the question comes up, if God has been so good to me all this time, why would I assume He's finished with me now? God says, I am the Lord, I change not. God is good. He is faithful. He is at work in our lives. He is gracious toward us. The heart of, verse 14, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All of the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Can we be joyous? Can we be grateful? Can we be thankful in difficult times? And the answer is, we can't if we're only focused on the difficult times. If I'm only focusing on the obstacles in front of me, rather than the God who has brought me this far and has promised to, keep, to stay with me, if I keep my focus on Him, then the, the circumstances that I face cannot overwhelm me. Because I'm not facing them in my strength, I'm facing them in the strength of the Lord. Facing them knowing that I don't know how God's going to do it, but he didn't give up on me. He brought me this far. He has a plan and purpose for my life. Uh, think of uh, Joanne. Uh, Joanne Favreau, for a long time, she attended our Bible studies with us. She attends uh, Ignite down in Williston, but lives over in Champlain. And I remember her saying, God told me I'm going to Africa. So I'm not worried about whatever I face, because I haven't been to Africa yet, and God's faithful. Joanne was pronounced dead three or four times, had been in a wreck. They had to completely rebuild her face. You can't tell it by looking at her. But so many things that happened to her. But she said, God told me I'm going to Africa. So she grabbed on to what God had said and would not let anything that came up in her life deter her from the fact that God is faithful. If God made the promise, He's going to fulfill it. It's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know it's going to happen. 
Now she's been to Africa twice. So I haven't talked with her recently, so I don't quite know where she's at with that now. But I do know her faith was in God. God said she was going to Africa, and she stood on that. In the midst... What's that? What's that? Yeah, told her that as a child. So... Have, knowing what God has said, knowing how God is at work in our lives, knowing he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us, if we grab a hold of that, then even in the midst of the darkness, even in the midst of the turmoil, even in the midst of the problems, we can say, but my God is faithful. And we're not, we're not going there, but Job, sitting on the pile of ashes with a broken piece of pottery, scraping the boils on his flesh says I know my Redeemer lives and in the last day I will see him in my flesh my eyes and not another's I will see him Job knew that no matter what the situation was he had a Redeemer who was faithful Verse uh, Proverbs 15 verse 16 Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great tre treasure in trouble. Are we grateful for what God has given us? Or are we always looking for something else? Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. Praise God. All through Proverbs, we have these little, so many of them are just little one-liners to stick in there. But they're there to teach us how to walk, to teach us wisdom. The wisdom that God gave Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that ever was, according to Scripture. And I believe the Bible is true. Because he had the wisdom that God gave him. Solomon was not a smart man. 700 wives and 300 concubines is not a good idea. But Solomon had the wisdom of God. But he still tested it. You go through the book of Ecclesiastes and you find out where Solomon went through and tested it. He tried everything. But at the end of it, he said to serve God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man, the whole end of man. This is what gets you through. I tried everything and it was all vanity. I tried everything and it was all useless. The only thing that's not useless is following God, doing what he said. Proverbs 17.22 A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. If we're joyful, if we can rejoice in the Lord our God, no matter what our circumstances, we can get through whatever we face. But if we allow our circumstances to take our eyes off of God, if we are not grateful to God for what He's already done, What's the old, the old uh, not that old, but you know, the modern saying, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I'm breathing air. <laughs> he has redeemed my life from destruction. He gives me another opportunity to draw close to him. What has he done for me lately? He's given me life. And I'm grateful for that. I rejoice in that. Of who God is. Thankful so much. Deb and I just celebrated 23 years of marriage. And it was funny, we were uh, talking to some folks, and I said, now, when we got married, I said, now, your I do is good for the first 70 years. 
after that 70 years, I'm, I'm invoking the automatic 70-year extension. So if you're going to change your mind, you have to wait 140 years to do it. So she can change your mind in another 117 years. But right now, we're together, and God is gracious, and God is wonderful to us. He heals us. He guides us. He leads us. He is worthy of praise. Psalm 9, beginning with verse 1, says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. As we praise God, do we tell other people? And I tell you about how wonderful God is? Do we share with people? Look, I was messed up. <laughs> I got witnesses. I was messed up. But let me tell you about the grace and love and mercy of God who can turn the heart. Um, Manassas, king of Judah, son of Hezekiah, is described in Scripture as the most wicked king who ever was. According to the Bible, he is the most wicked one. But in his last days, he repented. There is not anyone that God can't touch. There's people that will not be touched by God. But there's not anyone that God can't touch, can't change. I don't know about you, that makes me thankful. That makes me grateful that no matter what's going on, God can still touch and turn a heart. I think of some people hanging out in Washington, D.C. that I'm really not fond of. But God can turn their heart too. He turned my heart. He turned Manassas' heart, the most wicked king ever. If he, can if he can change me, he can change anybody. If he can change Manassas, he can change anybody. Lord, touch them and turn them. It's not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We should be praying for uh, rulers and all those in authority. I would that prayers and supplication and giving of thanks be made for kings and all those who are in authority is what Scripture says. We should be praying for them. Now, is anybody much more faithful than I am? Because you've got to be much more, well, you've got to be fa more faithful than I am if you're praying for them regularly. Because I start talking and I get convicted and I'm like, oh Lord. Because there's so many people I don't. But God is putting it on our hearts to lift up these people. So we should be thankful. Giving of thanks for each and every person. Praying for them. That they come to know the Lord. That they come to walk in His ways. That they allow their hearts to be touched and turned. That they allow them to be drawn by the Spirit of God. Psalm 9, verse 2 says, I will be glad and, and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Again, going back, as we're th giving thanks to God, are we vocalizing it? Or is it just internal? Are we thankful in our heart and got maybe a little, a little smile on our face? Or maybe not just not a frown? Or are we rejoicing? Are we grateful? Merry heart does good like a, med like a medicine. What did it say back in the earlier... Proverbs Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. If our heart is merry, it should reflect in our face. 
if we're grateful for the things of God, it should show. Praise the Lord. Go to Matthew 5, beginning with verse 3. We're talking about being grateful for the goodness of God, being grateful for what God has done, being grateful for just who He is. And Jesus there in the Sermon on the Mount starts with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And He, he goes on, and of course we'll do it, but He starts talking about all of these groups of people that the world would consider downtrodden. The world would consider outcasts. The world would consider in, in dire straits. But Jesus said they're blessed. Because God is still at work. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse three or verse eleven, which really just jumps out at you. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Even when people are are ganging up on you running you down recognize you are blessed by God in the midst of that the blessings of God the the working of the spirit of God in our life is not necessarily reflecting in how we perceive our circumstances blessed are you when they revile and persecute you when they make your life difficult when they falsely accuse you, they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. All of these things come upon the believers. But Jesus said we're blessed in the middle of that. Because we're blessed in the middle of that, we should be rejoicing in the middle of that. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Verse 12. For great is your reward in heaven. But Lord, I'm not in heaven. I'm here on earth. Lord, here it's kind of difficult. And he says, lift your eyes up here. Don't be, so over, uh, don't be so overburdened or so overwhelmed by what's happening here on the earth. Recognize that God is at work. And what, where we are now is not where we're going to end up. Again, going back to those pillars of testimony. This is where God did this in my life. This is where God did this in my life. God has shown Himself faithful each and every time something has come up. And because of that, and because God is consistent, and God never changes, and because God never fails, I'm not going to allow myself to be overwhelmed by where I am at the moment because I know where I'm going, and I know who's guiding me there. I know who's leading me there. So I can rejoice and be thankful even in the midst of turmoil. You can go back to Job, and we're not turning there, but in the book of Job, starts off, Job was the greatest man in the East. He was considered the most righteous person in the East. And God allowed those things to come into his life. 
And you go through the whole book of Job, starting with like chapter 2 to chapter 40, is back and forth. Job says, but I'm innocent. I don't know why God's doing this. And his quote-unquote friends say, come on now, you know you were sinning. Job says, look, I wish God would come down and talk to me that I could understand what's going on. But you get to chapter 41 of Job. You get to the last chapter. I believe it's 41, but I could be wrong, so I just looked at it this morning. But looking at that, Job says, basically, verse the first three or four verses, and I don't remember the wording, but he's like, you called me out. You said, who am I that, that brings up a, 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 a cause against you? But he gets down to like verse 5. And he said, before I heard of you, but by the hearing of the ears, but now my eyes have seen you, and I repent in sackcloth and ashes. He says, you are God. I didn't understand. The most righteous person in the East, the one everybody looked up to, God didn't allow those things into his life for absolutely no purpose. God allowed those things in his life that at the end, Job says, you're holy, you're righteous, and I'm not, and I repent. The most righteous man in the East came to a point where he says, I repent in sackcloth and ashes. By the world standards, by everything going on around me, I had it all together. But there was something deep inside that I didn't even realize was there. And now that you've illuminated it, now that you've shown a light on it, I recognize my wickedness and how much I need you, and I repent. Praise God. Are we thankful to God even in the midst of the turmoil, even in the midst of the storms, even in the midst of the difficulties, knowing that the God who loves us, who knit us together in our mother's womb, who knows everything about us, knows what's on the inward, inward parts. When uh, God sent Samuel to Jesse's house to anoint one of his sons to be king, Samuel gets there, gets to the town, calls the people, tells them to sanctify themselves, to get ready. And he brings out the first son, Eliab. And Samuel says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And God says, I've rejected him, for the Lord looks on the heart. And he went through the seven sons. And finally, the, the Lord's anointed was not before him. Nobody had showed up. So he says to Jesse, is this all the sons you have? Well, no, I got another one, but he's out keeping, keeping the flock. And I was thinking about that, thinking about this. A big, important person comes to town. Your family is invited to come to a feast with the big, important person coming to town. And they don't even bother to tell you. You're so insignificant, you're not welcome. Or maybe this person is so important that we're not going to make him wait just to bring David from the field. But God says, God sees him. God saw him. He was God's anointed. He was the one Samuel went there to anoint, went there to proclaim to be king. 
the one everybody else had discounted, wasn't even important enough to be called to the feast. Hey, we're having a party, but you need to be out in the field. Well, they didn't even bother to tell him we're having a party. You know, he'd have come in, had it not been the one that, that, had he not been the one that the Lord had anointed. Maybe he comes in from the field a couple of days later and comes to find out there was a big party and he wasn't invited. The world will discount you. The world will discount each and every one of us. But we are precious in the sight of God. And He is at work in our lives. And that gives me great cause to be thankful. Final passage, Colossians 3, beginning with verse, 7, or verse 12. It says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so must, you, must, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The way we conduct ourselves is a way of giving thanks to God. Just doing things that we know to be right. James says, to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it to him, it's a sin. As God has worked in our lives, are we grateful? Are we thankful? And do we look for opportunities to demonstrate it in just the little things? How we conduct ourselves. How we talk to people. How we interact with one another. Are we grateful? And does it reflect in our lives? We read back in the Proverbs it should show up on our face. But it should also show up in our interaction. How we deal with people is a way of giving thanks to God. So on this um, Thanksgiving weekend, is this Sunday after Thanksgiving, a time when as a nation we stop and give thanks. Remember that as members of the body of Christ, everything we have is a gift from God. And because it's a gift from God, we should be thankful and we should walk out in that thanks and let it impact our lives so that the world around us can see, the world around us can know that there's a difference. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you have been with us and kept us. That even when the difficulties pile up around us, you are our shield and our buckler. That your tender mercies are fresh and new each morning. You never leave us nor forsake us. We are not alone. And the things that you allow in our lives, Father, you've already said you're going to cause to work together for good. To them who love you and are the called according to your purpose. Even the things that come up, the difficulties we face and the turmoil we face in our lives, you use it to make us more like Jesus. You use it to draw us closer to you. 
And we are thankful for it, Father. We give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.